Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical, and ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. And moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and remarriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce, combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 123rd episode, what is a sexist marriage and what are the causes? Plus, live phone calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So get in that queue at 313Radical or from your browser, callingstudio.com. So don't wait. Get in that queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so we have our quote of the day. So let's do this. Quote, to be an infallible lover, the first thing you must recognize that sex is and must always be holy. It must make you holy. It must make your beloved holy. 
it must lead you to him who is holy. End quote. Gregory J. Popchak, PhD, book, Holy Sex, A Catholic Guide to Toe Curling, Mind-Blowing and Infallible Loving. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, all right. So today we are discussing a very, very, very important, important topic, which leads to sexless marriage. How do we get into it? What happened? Um, what is the effects and things like that? Um, if you are a caller, if you're listening, become a caller. And um, if you're in a sexless marriage and you need some help, well, you know, and it's not a point of if you need some help. Of course you need some help. The point of it is, are you willing to man up and take it? Um, and that's important. Um, so call. Give me a call. It's Monday. A uh, little, little draggy, I guess. But you know what? That's what Mondays are for after a great weekend with the family and stuff. Um, but um, the quote um, today, I know that's one of my favorite quotes. I use it all the time. From Dr. Popcheck, he is a, a Catholic author, him and his wife, and they also have a show, um, and they deal in uh, Catholic marriage. They have books and stuff, and I love that quote um, in the book, Holy Sex. Um, it is very pertinent. I use it all the time, but that is the thing that people don't understand, that sex must be holy. It must involve him who is holy. Why? So the lust don't run out. I mean, so the lust, when the lust runs out, the intimacy still remains. You know, you still have intimacy in your marriage. People don't understand that eroticism is, is fleeting. It's, it's something that never doesn't stay. But intimacy, especially when you involve God, it stays around. It, it gets better and better. And so with that being said, we move to our subject for today. But before I do that, I want to say that starting next week, um, the podcast is going to move to three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and um, I'm pretty sure it's going to go to 6 p.m. Eastern, um, and that's so that I can uh, help my clients better, um, and uh, that's basically really what it is, so that I can help my clients better. I don't want to get the podcast to get in the way of that. It hasn't so far, but I don't want it to because um, it's a lot of work. And I can see that some things are going to start happening and I want to try to nip it in the bud. So, but the great thing is that the replay, if you're used to listening at 10, um, the replay will still always be after the podcast, last podcast, the, the replay will still be there to listen to as well. And again, I'm sorry that I'm moving it, but man, <laughs> the live version, I mean, of course, the, the download version, you know, on um, Blueberry and Apple Podcast and Deezer and iHeartRadio, Spotify, all of that's all the download will be the same. It won't be, it, you know, it'll be the same. But as far as the live show itself, 
it will be moving to Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays start next week. And the reason I'm putting it out there because I want to give you guys a week of notice. And plus, to what? To give me the... <laughs> <laughs> to give me the uh, to give me the motivation to actually do it, right? Because if you don't say anything, it's like losing weight. If you tell everybody you're gonna lose weight, you don't lose weight, you look kind of bad. But if you tell people that okay, I gotta that keeps you motivated. So I have a problem with that sometimes. So I bet if I put it out there and give folks notice, then start next week at six p.m. Eastern, then the show will be at that time. Um, it, it will stay at Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, but the show might move again as far as the time. But man, right now, this is all new to me and, uh, and I'm trying to do experiments on the best time to do it. Um, I know 10 o'clock is not a very good time Eastern. I know it's not, but it was the time that was helping, you know, me get things done. I thought until I started doing it, but guess what? It wasn't working. (laughs) So I mean, it's okay. It's just not, you know, I think it could be better. Um, and plus, I'll be a lot more awake and stuff like that. So that being said, let's move on today. So get in, let's get the callers in. Get me a caller in here. Um, if you are having problems um, sexually in your marriage, and we're going to talk about some causes today of a sexless marriage. And I also hope that you can listen and try to embrace what I'm saying. Most people, when I start talking about sex, I know these last couple of weeks and probably the no, and in a couple of more weeks, it's going to be uh, the show's mainly going to be about the marital embrace. It just is because that's the section of the holy lover gifts that I'm in, unless I have an interview or something like that. But, um, you, you know, like I said, sex is the second most important thing in our marriage. Intimacy is very, very important. And without that, then there's no closeness. And so the close, when the closeness goes, your wife goes. It's very important we understand that. So as promised today, uh, today's radical rant, what is a sexist marriage and what are the causes? What me don't understand is that most times a sexist marriage is just the result of many other problems that are going on now in your marriage or that have taken place in the past, which are now manifesting them in a loss of intimacy. I can't tell you how many men come to me and go, oh, man, our sex life is really bad and we're we're not, you know, we just don't make love anymore and we're not intimate with each other and we don't have anybody outside the bedroom. We don't hug. We don't talk. We don't kiss. We don't do anything like that. So fix that. And the first thing I'm going to say is, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I'm going to go into my little interview to figure out the real, the real problems in your marriage. I guarantee you, if you're not having... If you're not making love with your wife, it's not the sex. And I have a lot of guys. I mean, of course, most guys are bad lovers or mediocre lovers at best. But that's really that's that's a problem that can be fixed. But but the 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 problem what many people don't realize is there's a lot of things before that that happens that 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 starts to dwindle down the intimacy uh, in a marriage. Like if we can't communicate properly or if my wife doesn't feel loved, if I as a man don't feel loved, I got guys like that, you know, men that think, man, she just, she don't love me either, you know? And so there are a lot of problems that, that, that lead up to not having, um, um, adequate or good sex or having sex at all. Okay. Now I defeat this problem in my marriage too, with the help of the Holy spirit. So I wanted to help other men find the solution in their marriages. Because eventually this can't cost you your marriage. Well, I'm not going to say, well, it will. It, it can and it will. 
a lot the thing about women is they're very loyal and they're very uh, attached to you. And so when things are going bad in a marriage, they'll stay around a very, very long time. It'll, they'll stay around decades and be unhappy and be unfulfilled. And as a husband, if you know that, man, man, that is so disheartening. Like my wife, most guys don't even know that their wife is unhappy. Or she might like give instances that she is cool, but inside she's not fulfilled. And basically for a woman, that's just basically, I'm not, she's not happy, you know? And so what they start to do is make plans on how to get away and how to make that better. And a lot of times, brother, I hate to tell you, when they start making plans like that, that plan includes getting away from you. It really does. Because why? You're the easy one. You know, you're the, because she can't blame the kids, right? She can't blame her job because her job, she got to go make money. Um, she can't really blame you're you're really the one. You're really the one that's there every day, the one that she interacts with, and you're the easy target. Why? Because most men, you know, they they they're kind of oblivious to what's going on with their wife. Why? Because they don't talk to them, they don't ask them questions, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't indulge in the mysteries of their beloved. And when you don't do that, you don't know nothing about your wife. Like every every guy. I talk to all the time. They they think they know their wife. Dude, you don't know your wife. You don't know your wife. Especially if you've been married to her, I'll say, five, ten years or longer. You don't know her. And it's time to stop thinking you, you don't know you that you do know her. Because why? When, when, when we think we know something as men, what do we do? We get lazy. Well, I know that. I don't have to worry about that. I know that already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you really know your wife. Then you come home, like me, I come home and my wife's gone. <laughs> I really knew my wife, didn't I? I knew her really well. <laughs> so, um, well, like I said, eventually you can lose your marriage without if you're in a sexist marriage. And I see people on the internet all the time talking about, you know, these articles and stuff how to survive in a sexist marriage and how we're so happy in our sexist marriage. You know how much a lie that is? People kill me how they're like roaches. We're like roaches and rats. We, we like adopt to anything. We'll adapt to anything. To stop from doing the work it's going to take to make things great and blissful and happy and peaceful. You know, because many times we don't even know the hell we're even in, right? So why? Because marriage is more than two people together. Marriage is about God, being best friends, closeness, and, of course, one flesh. Intimacy is the second most important thing in our marriage besides prayer, and intimacy is what is responsible for the emotional closeness in our marriage. And without it, the marriage will be lackluster, or worse, it will end in divorce or an annulment. I can't express to you how important it is to know when you are in a mediocre marriage, because then at that time, you have a time. You have the t the chance right now to get help to get that marriage above mediocrity. If you don't get a mediocre marriage above mediocrity and start moving towards good, you will lose that marriage and you will lose that woman. Because when women get older, they start to think, "Well, I've got where is this marriage going? Why am I here? Where? What are we doing?" And then, of course, as you always know, they start talking to other people. 
other men, especially other women, divorced women, single women, and their friends at work. And those people, she's going to start telling them about you. And then that's when, it, you know, by now, you know, that's the string. That's just how it works. That's how it goes. Okay. So um, what is a sexist marriage? So before we get started real quick, I'm going to tell you what a sexist marriage is, what the criteria is so that we're all on the same page. Um, a sexist marriage, we'll say we'll do a low sex marriage first. So there's a low sex marriage and a sexist marriage. So a sexist marriage, a low sex marriage is defined as making love an average of less than once per week. Now think about that now before you go, oh, mm -hmm, yeah, whatever. Think about it. You make love less on an average less than once per week. The problem you must understand about the marital embrace and intimacy is just the same thing about every other habit. Like if you are a person, you know you're supposed to lose weight and for three months you're on the carnivore diet and you're eating all protein, 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 protein. And then all of a sudden you start like there's a holiday, like July 4th is coming up, right? And then you eat some baked beans or some potato salad or some chips and store some cake, and it starts getting good to you, <laughs> right? And so then, July 4th might be on a Saturday, so here comes Sunday, you go, ah, well, it's the weekend, so I'll go ahead and eat, I'll go ahead and eat some carbs and stuff again today, eat some more chips and stuff. Before you know it, you look up two or three weeks, a month from now, Every day is a, a carb is a, is a carb day. Ain't no carb free days no more. You forgot all about the carnivore diet. <laughs> Protein what? <laughs> and so, dude, that's how intimacy in our marriages is, especially when we get older and we are or we've been married for a while. It's uh, intimacy is just like anything else. If we if we do it less than once a week, then the habit starts to build, right? So, and that's what a low sex marriage is. You you make love an average of less than once a week. Think about that. That's uh, how many, I forgot how many hours it is, but that's a lot of hours. That's like, what, 60 times 10, you know, how many hours in a week? You know, you're trying to say out of all those hours in a week, you can't, you and your wife can't make love one time. Out of all those days, seven days in the week, and all those hours and all those minutes in the week, and you and your wife can't take the time to force yourselves to be intimate with each other, knowing that intimacy is very important. And you can't even one time a week, you can't even force yourself or, or, or get up enough courage or time to do that. Okay. So now that's a low sex marriage. Now, a sexist marriage is defined as making love an average of less than once per month. Think about that. If you make love on an average of less than once a month, that's basically 10 times a year. You make love 10 times a year. But as I have had experience with, I have had people that they made love in six months or a year or two years or five years or 10 years or 15 years, and they still marry because people are like roaches and rats. They will adopt to misery. They will. They will adopt to beating hell, and they will adapt to it because, well, it's easier. 
And then I can sit there and blame my husband for all the stuff he did. That's why I'm not having sex with him. Or I can sit there and blame my wife or forget her and all the stuff that she didn't done, supposedly. It's really easy. But then your life is miserable. Your life is miserable. It is. So again, a sexist marriage is less than average, less than once a month. A low sex marriage is less than an average of once uh, a week. And that's why you always hear me say that a sex that, that um, it's at the beginning of this podcast, like what to do when I have sex less than once a month. I, basically, if you haven't had sex in 30 days, your marriage is on its way out. <laughs> yep. It's on its way out. You just don't know it yet. You will be in divorce court. Yep. Uh, unless your wife decides or you decide, I'll just suffer through it for 20 years or 30 years or 50 years or something. And I'm telling you right there, women will do that for a while, but they'll, they'll, that'll, that'll end, that'll end too. Yep. So what's the solution of to a sexist marriage? Well, there are a few, but we're going to really go into the causes. Um, but the first step is knowing the possible causes of a sexist marriage and moving to eliminate those in your marriage. In my article, it's called uh, Sexist Marriage, The Agony, the Top 24 Reasons for Intimacy Anguish in Your Marriage. And if you just put in Catholic Alpha and, and Google that article, it will come up because it's all over the Internet. It's a very popular article. So um, in this article, I list the top 24 possible causes of a sexist marriage and divide them into three categories. They are emotional, physical and spiritual. That's the revelation, right? <laughs> so today we will cover the first category, which deals with the emotional causes of a sexist marriage. And after the break, we'll get deeper into this mysterious concept. So hang with me. We're going to try to get this going. Um, the sexist marriage, man, don't think you can't be there. A lot of people are already there. Uh, but so now that we know the definitions, then everybody's probably thinking, oh, man, that's worse than I thought. <laughs> hey, or... You might be thinking, oh, okay. Okay, it's not bad. We make love once a week, so we're still good. And you are still good. If you make love at least once a week, you are still good. Okay? Um, especially if both, if both you and your wife work, um, and you come up with different times and stuff, or like you have one of those jobs where you're working through the night, and, you're, and your wife, so she stays at home and takes care of the kids and all that stuff. You know, you know, but I'll tell you this. Really working for women is bad because they don't they don't want to have they don't want to make love because they're tired. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Think about it. Man, just go sit, just go 30 days without your wife, without your wife working. You'll get a lot more intimacy. You will. But when she's working, she's tired. <laughs> she like, oh man, come on, baby. Especially if the sex ain't that good. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not trying to be a, a, a bad person, but especially if it's, if it's like mediocre stuff, you know, she's, oh, okay, if I have to. <laughs> so with that, we will be back. Y'all hang with me. We're going to have some fun talking about some sex stuff today. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped 
hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right. Hey, 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 hey. We are back, so let's rock this. So, as promised, the top causes of a sexist marriage. And again, we will start with the emotional and cover the other two categories in the next two shows. Parts two and parts three. The effects of a sexist marriage are devastating, but for a wife, it is even more so. For example, Many wives are bored or resistant to the marital embrace because of a lack of longevity. So that is a very important that you guys got to know that as husbands, women are bored with sex these days. Well, it's, I'm sure it's one of those things that have been over time, over, over, you know, thousands of years. It's just not today. It's, you know, forever, you know. Um, and so when I say that a man is not is a mediocre lover or a bad lover, that just basically means that's just a fun way uh, of saying that, you know, he doesn't understand his wife's body. He doesn't understand what his wife needs to feel fulfilled um, in the sexual and in, in, in as a woman. And believe it or not, women's sexual satisfaction bonds to their fulfillment as women. We all know it, but I'm the, I'm the one that talks about it. Um, and so when I say a woman um, basically is bored with sex, what that means is a wife has made love to her husband, you know, hundreds of times, and it's been the same, basically the same. It's not as far as far as as her. She's not getting the amount of sexual peaks that she desires. She's not getting what she needs from the sex sessions. And so that that when you like the last at the end of the last segment, you heard me joking around saying, you know, if your wife is working, she's tired. And if you want to make love, then it's like she's tired. And then if the sex is just kind of like mediocre or not very good, then she just kind of was like, okay, really? Um, because she knows that it's, that it's going to be the same. And this is why I tell men, you must learn the mysteries of your wife. You cannot go years and decades and not understand your wife understand her body, understand how it works, her menstrual cycle, if she's in part menopause, what all that means, and all these kind of things. Stop thinking you know your wife because you, you don't. You don't know her. Okay? And so when I say because your wife will get bored with or resist making love because of a lack of longevity. So when I say longevity, I mean that the sex session only lasts it only it doesn't even make it to, to 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour. And so basically, because women, it takes them 20 minutes to even warm up to be able to receive you as her husband, physically, emotionally, and psychologically. 
And if you as a man lose control in, in less time than that, then basically your wife is not fulfilled. She's for that session and she becomes very unhappy. So over time, she doesn't want to make love to more because why? It's not even worth it to her. Yep. I know that's a tough one to accept, fellas. I know I had to accept it, too. But once you do, you become a better lover, become a better husband. Trust me. <laughs> Next, um, our wives, uh, for example, we talked about the effects of a sexist marriage on a woman is inhibitions, which are basically trauma in her life, which builds up inhibitions towards sex, towards intimacy and things like that. So what are inhibitions, trauma for women? If a woman has had an abortion, if a woman has had a, a what do you say, a miscarriage, if she's had sex uh, multiple sex partners with uh, other than her husband. Um, if she's um, if she's been abused or sexually abused or even verbally abused, like I mean, I mean, like very badly, like calling her like big time names all the time and arguing and fighting, um, and just things like that. If a parent has died, any all that stuff for women's trauma. Why? Because women are emotional, so that they can bond with the children, and so they don't get rid of things the way men do. Okay. And um, the next thing is so that's inhibitions. So the next thing is pale. Um, the next thing is uh, uh, that's a big effect on women is pain of past failed sexual relationships. So for every woman she's had, if she's had sex with anybody other than her husband, she's had failed sexual relationships. So what does that mean? That means basically every sex that she's had uh, with a man that's not her husband is a failed sexual relationship because that. Sex does not lead to her being married. You, man, you've got women. They just and, and as a man, you know, you have to understand that women that every man that they have sex with is a traumatic experience on their psychological well-being and their spirituality well-being. It damages them. People don't really realize that what it does. Women just can't. They think they can just go around and have sex. Oh, this is going to be fun, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, she gets the man that she's supposed to marry, and she starts making, and she starts, um, and she's married to him, and she's in her marriage. And then she can't be happy fulfilled because she's got all this baggage and inhibitions that she didn't bought into the marriage because she's sleeping with all these crazy, all these other dudes and stuff. Yep, that's true. Believe it or not. Um, so that's another thing. Um, severe, deep emotional pain that's built up anxiety and anger. Um, if women don't have sexual peaks, they start to become very angry and bitter. Um, they start to have a lot of anxiety. They start to take it out on you and the children, people at work. This is why you see women these days. Most women are just very unhappy. They're very unfulfilled. They very they, you can't make them happy. Um, they're they're argumentative. They're combative. They have no peace. Um, that's just how they are. And uh, and people don't men don't understand what's wrong with them. Well, I just told you what's wrong with them. That's what's wrong with them. It is the truth, man. It's the truth. Everybody, we you know, like the, there's the old saying. I know when I was growing, even now people say, you know, she needs you. She needs a you know what. <laughs> well, of course, but you know, people joke around about it, but it's the truth. Women, feminists have really helped ruin the country. They bought into the communistic idea of what happiness for a woman is, and it screwed them over. 
They don't get nearly the love they they once had. They don't get nearly the respect they once had. They don't get nearly of of men cherishing them and put on the pedestal and taking care of them and taking care of their psychological, emotional, physical needs. Women are just, they have lowered themselves to the form of dirt. That's how far women have fallen. And they don't even realize it. A man who treats this woman special and puts her on a pedestal and loves her, makes love to her properly, gives her intimacy outside the bedroom, and, and, and does things for her. She is a blessed woman these days. She is completely blessed. Because most women don't have nearly, nearly what uh, that woman has. But women, they keep chasing they keep chasing the wrong thing. They keep chasing careers. They keep chasing money. They keep chasing fun. They keep chasing pleasure. And guess what? It's just like men. It don't work. It don't work. Well, I ain't going to mass because, you know, God, this, God, that. Well, okay, well, don't, God, hey, you ain't hurting God. Trust me. You, you, you are not hurting God. You, you hurt, you hurt yourself. If you don't worship God, the creator, you are, you ain't hurting him. You know, he's probably tired of trying to convince your butt or something, but <laughs> you know, other than that, you know, so that's that next. Um, and no one tells us how to deal with this pain of, uh, uh, these days. Um, and so unhappiness, unfulfillment, it breeds a lack of emotional closeness and the marriage begins to severely degrade. This is why understanding sex, the marital embrace, um, the holy caress, making love, however you want to put it, it's vital that you as a husband understand these things. Because if you don't, like now, it kills me, you know, um, when, when I start talking about, the, especially being a Catholic, and I am Orthodox Catholic, Orthodox Catholic, and I love Christ and everything, but I understand that sex is important. And just because I understand that, that doesn't mean I'm a I'm a, not a I'm not a, as good a Catholic. That just means I'm smarter, <laughs> you know. And plus, my job is marriage, so I understand what what makes marriage work. And so, but the thing about it is, people can't they can't stand when people start talking about the marital embrace and stuff out in the open. They 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 can't deal with it. They can't. But that's their problem. That's that ain't that ain't me and God's problem, you know. Um, so that being said, no one tells us how to deal with the pain in our marriage. And when your wife has a lot of inhibitions, you as a husband are the only one that can get rid of that. You are, you know, um, it's, it's important that you understand how to bring out your wife's sacred self, her sacred self. All of the pain of your wife's life gets laid in your lap when you get married. All of it, all of it, all the sexual partners she's had. All of the emotional abuse she's had, all of the physical abuse she's had. If she had the abortions, the, the, all the abortions, the the the, um, the miscarriages, all of that, the unhappiness as a child, all of these things, man, it all gets laid in your lap as a husband. And if you ignore it and don't know how to deal with it, you're gonna have hell in your marriage. Okay, so we are talking about the first one, category one, the emotional. So that's the first category of causes of a sexist marriage. So feelings of depression is number one. Feelings of depression. Each of us experiences mild depression, which is normal, but severe depression is another story. 
Depression will affect every aspect of your marriage, including the sacred union. Okay. This is why you hear me say you must look at be other, you must pay attention to your wife. Is she depressed over a long period of time? Is she unhappy? Does she seem, you know, is she's not herself? You've got to start paying attention to your wife, man. You you really, really do. And if your wife is doing things that are showing depression, you need to get her some help. But mainly, a lot of times, what, what can help your wife out of depression is the way you make love to her. Okay? Next, number two, feelings of emptiness. So this can cause severe promiscuity, allows searching to fill that hole in your gut, drugs, pornography, money, any vice you can dream of. Problem, it's never enough. And I just talked about that. Feelings of emptiness in a lot of us is, is bad. That means that's, that, that God is not present. When you start feeling empty, if you have, if you have, if you not know, you don't know your purpose, you don't know what your mission is, what you're supposed to be doing with your life. You, you know, alcohol and drugs and sex and all these things can cannot fill that hole. That is an emptiness of God. That means you are too far away from God, and your wife is no different than you in in that area. Okay. So a feeling of emptiness is very, very important, man. It, it, it causes people to do a lot of things they wouldn't normally do because they, they start to feel hopeless. All right. So number three, uh, genital pain, mental. So this can be a cause of sexist marriage because there's some mental anguish or pain that you've caused or your wife has had in the past where she unknowingly transfers this to making sacred love. Believing the sacred marital act causes her physical pain. Now, a lot of, but see, this goes along with, well, I got a headache. I don't want to make love tonight because I, I got a headache. Or when we make love, it hurts me down there. And in reality, there ain't nothing wrong. It's just I don't want it to. And so I'm making it up that it does. And she really can believe that there is not a problem. You know, she she really believes that there is a problem. I'm sorry. She really believes that there is a problem with something kind of pain or something in her genital area. But in the reality, there isn't, you know. Um, and so that could come from what I talked about about before is, you know, an abhorrence to sex. I don't I mean, of her past trauma in her life where I don't want to I just don't want to. Women will, will make all kind of love with you. and They're trying to marry you. If a woman thinks you're cute. She's attracted to you. She wants to get with you. She thinks you have potential. All of a sudden, I ain't never got no pain down there. And men go, well, and first thing a man goes is, it's so funny. First thing a man does is when she stops giving him sex all the time, because before, before they got married, I got he got sex when he wanted all the time. He didn't have to ask for it. <laughs> right? <laughs> get married. All of a sudden, after two years, usually that's about when it happens, after two years or so, it's like, okay, what? Because a man, man, the thing about us is certain things that don't slip our mind. Like, and one of them is all of a sudden, hey, where's the sex? We ain't making love like we was. Something's wrong. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So we ask her, oh, no, I don't feel like it. Huh? You don't feel like it. The next day, hey, uh, we think about us doing a little nooky nooky. Oh, well, you know, I got a headache. I don't feel good. I'm tired. Okay. Third day. Hey, we think, uh, well, you know, I got to cook for the kids. I got to watch the kids. All of a sudden you go, wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. 
before when we was before we was married, we first got married, it wasn't like that. What's wrong now? You know, because women, they go, they start to we start to neglect them and kind of start to let that go on our us too. And then they start to pick up on it and they start to go, well, it ain't worth it. So that's kind of the, the genital pain mental thing. So number four, infidelity. Chronic infidelity breaks the bond physically and emotionally. The total giving of self is impossible. Without this, you have no marriage. Well, maybe you do on paper. So if you're with your wife and you as a husband start going out and having sex with other women or emotional affairs or another thing too, if you and your wife, if you are having emotional affairs with women, if you are having sex with other women, or if you are flirting with other women, don't be delusional and think that your wife ain't going to do it too. I can't tell you other men, they got the nerve. They got the nerve to get mad at their wife when they out doing being promiscuous. And then they think, well, I can do it, but she can't. What kind of crazy is that? Craziness is that? <laughs> you know, and they get mad too. They get mad like they want to kill somebody mad. But they out doing it. And I tell you, women don't usually just have sex with a dude. What they do is they have an emotional affair first. Almost every time in my experience. And that's that's pretty vast experience. Um they usually have emotional affairs first. They just don't sleep with a guy. So that's basically giving you time to get together. But most men, we're kind of stupid. We don't really, we're clueless. We don't really catch on, you know. And so, and women will just, will have sex with a man just to get back at her husband for having sex with another woman or whatever. It's weird. It's crazy, you know, but that's what they do. So if you're a man where you're flirting with other women, you are, uh, you know, you're uh, having sex with other women or you're having emotional affairs with other women. That's why I tell guys, do not be talked to women on, on Facebook and stuff. Don't be confided in other women on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. And you know why? Because, man, you supposed to be talking to your wife about that stuff. Whatever you have on your mind, those women can't help you. Matter of fact, they like it because they go, well, maybe they can get you. Maybe they can have you talk to them. Because you're sensitive and you're a good, they think he's a good man and she's just so bad the way she treats me and the way she treats him. You know, man, women, they ain't that much different than men when it comes to sex. It's just they approach it differently than men do. So so my point of it is, man, don't be out there. Please don't, don't be out there having emotional affairs with women and talking with them and stuff. If you got a problem with your wife, sit down like a man. And talk to her and let her know how much you care and you love her. And and and, and then let her know, you know, let's talk about you guys' problems. Because in the end, she's the only one and she's in the best position to do something about it. Okay. Next, lack of trust. Woo! Stops to self-giving, self-sacrificing, love in its tracks. No trust, no marital intimacy, no marital intimacy, no marriage. And you hear me say that all the time. If you're not making love, your marriage will be over soon. Okay? So a lack of trust stops a woman from wanting to make love. That's a sexist marriage. Is That's marriage, sexist marriage 101. If your wife doesn't trust you, she's not going to want to, you know, make love to you. Another thing, women don't have sex with men they don't respect. 
So if your wife don't respect you, she's not going to want to make love to you. So what does that mean? Like, if your wife treats you disrespectfully, like she turned the kids against, she turns the kids against you. She, um, what else? Oh, she yells and screams at you. You know, every time you guys have a conversation, she's combative to you. She's always approaching you. She gets in your face, puts her finger in your face. She steps in your space and, and starts yelling at you. And guys are fighting stuff. That is a woman that has, uh, she won't cook for you. Um, every uh, another thing is what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. Like that's my car, that's your car, that's my check, that's your check, that's my bank account, that's your bank account. All that's all that's disrespect stuff. All that's disrespect stuff. And so if if that's the kind of mindset, that means you got two selfish people, and basically it's not going to work. And so trust comes into that. So if a woman doesn't respect her husband, then naturally that means I don't trust him either. I don't trust him to be a man. That's what that means. She doesn't trust you to be the man that she needs, instinctually the man God needs to be able to run your home. So I'm not going to let you do it. And every time you try to run your home, I'm going to combat you on it. I'm going to fight you on it. Okay? Disrespect all up and down. And another thing, too, St. Paul in Ephesians 5, talks about the same thing. Women are required in the eyes of God to respect their husbands. Why? Because men need that from their wives. It says nothing about love, nothing, okay? So if there's a lack of trust there, women, that means they start to, um, they're, not, they're not close to you, they don't want to make love to you, therefore we have a sexist marriage, okay? This is why as men, you got to keep your darn eyes open, and get your ass off the fishing, get your ass off the sports, get your ass off your job, get your ass off your money, get your ass off your kids, get your ass off yourself. Watch your wife. Pay attention. She will tell you the clues, man. She will tell you if you just look and open up and are willing to see. Okay. Next, lack of, so number seven, mental illness, severe. So this is self-explanatory, but it's often overlooked. Yeah, if your wife if your wife has a mental illness, especially like schizophrenia, which is severe mental illness, I mean, she's not going to want to have sex most, you know. So, you know, because first of all, the medication that she's on is like devastating, you know. So I'm not going to stay on that one for long, but mental illness, you've got to understand, you know, I try to tell guys all the time, I have a lot of experience with mental illness. I'm not a doctor, but I mean, I had it in my family, so I, I, can, I know a lot of the signs and stuff. And I'll tell, tell, guys, tell guys, hey, man, your wife has a mental illness. And it ain't ADHD. And it ain't post whatever, whatever, that, that stuff. I mean, she has real mental problems. And it ain't, uh, what is that, what is that one? Uh, what's the one that starts with an A that they, they didn't made up now? Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, and, uh, autism. Man, that stuff is some made up stuff. Autism, I had a cousin, man, who had autism for real. I mean, severe autism where like you, like he would just look at you, you would talk to him. He couldn't talk back. You know, he started oh, and that kind of stuff. I mean, he was really autistic person and he's a very sweet man though. And even today he has the same thing. This stuff about, well, everybody, every kid's got autism. Man, that's just some way to get some money. That's just a way to get you on medications, to get your kid on medications, to get you on medications, you know, 
Look at a person. If, if, if somebody starts talking about that you have autism, dude, and of course, then they'll say, well, you have a minor autism or, 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 or small amount of it or something like that. Man, I'm sure all of us got some kind of, if you want to look at it like that, we all got some small something. But you really, when you really need help is when you are, it's a severity thing where it, it, it limits you, you're retarded and, you're, and it limits you in a doing daily regular daily things that communicate properly, you know? So this is what I'm saying, man. Mental illness, severe mental illness is not a joke. And I just hate how today that psychiatrists, they make it out to you that we got all these, these crazy diseases and mental problems and stuff. And then it's say why? So they can put us on some medications. They won't even tell us the simple stuff of how to eat right. So we don't have mental problems. It's the simplest way to not have mental problems is to eat right. They don't tell you that. Why? Because if, if you stop eating carbohydrates and sugar and stop taking over-the-counter medications and stop taking prescribed medications, you can't give me none of your money. Because other than operations, that's how doctors make their money So in hospitals. So, duh, we got to smarten up. I'm not saying people aren't sick for real sick. I'm just saying, man, open your eyes because... You as a husband, it's your job to know all the stuff I'm talking about. It, it, being a husband, a man is hard today. It really is. But we've got to accept our mission on what we're supposed to be doing instead of putting our head in the all the time. Okay. Next, premature ejaculation, number eight. Woo. So 75% of men suffer from premature ejaculation. That's a whole lot. Think about it. 75% of men in this country, probably the world, are 75% are premature ejaculators. So meaning you as a man lose control before your wife has had a chance to experience her first climax. Okay? Boom. So I'm going to back that up with this. 90% of women do not have fulfilling sexual peaks, which is what? Climaxes. 90%. Think about that. This is how I'm saying men come to me thinking, oh, the sex ain't the problem. The sex ain't the problem. We have great sex. Our sex, she's never complained about our sex. Our sex, this is good. Our sex, and I just want to say, man, would you just please be quiet? Would you just please? But you know what? I'm a classy guy. I'm trying to help you. So I know that you got to get it out. <laughs> so I just got to sit there and listen. <laughs> But, dude, part of the fulfillment of your wife as a woman and as a wife is the way you make love to her. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to make it worse. So this is my whole point. I'm not saying what I'm saying is learn the mysteries of your beloved. Learn your watch your wife's body. Learn what sex means to her and learn why Jerry says it's the second most important thing in your marriage. Okay. Because I just told you with statistics, and these statistics are true. 75% of us are premature ejaculators. 90% of women do not have fulfilling orgasms. That lets you know right there that there is a problem. Okay? All right. And just look at society. Women are, t are miserable. They are miserable. You can't. And you can't solve this with a sexist marriage, like I'm saying, with having sex with multiple people. It, that just damages your soul. 
that makes it worse. Why? Because God has consequences for having sex with all these different people, right? And VD and all these venereal diseases are one of them. You know, that's just one thing, okay? This is why we are meant to make love and, and be com completely bonded and committed to our husband and our wife, not anyone else. And when we don't do that way, we get 75% of men are premature ejaculators and 90% of women can't get a proper sexual peak. To me, that's like enough said. <laughs> Number nine, uh, premarital sex with multiple partners. I've been talking about that all day, but it is one. It's a reason for sexual, for, for sexist marriage. Each failed sexual relationship creates defensive barriers, making it difficult to create a lifelong marriage. That is perfectly said. That is the perfectly said. Each failed sexual relationship, especially for your wife, creates defensive barriers, making it difficult to create a lifelong marriage. Defensive barriers is a better word than inhibitions because it, it, it's more descriptive, right? So if your wife has had uh, sex with other partners, basically she's going to bring that baggage to your marriage. And guess what? She's going to take you through it. She's going to take you through it. And if you don't know that getting in, then you and you don't know how to deal with it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's, you're going to have a tumultuous time tumultuous marriage, a chaotic marriage eventually, okay? Because women at first, when you first get married, oh, he's the man of my dreams. He's going to take all my pain away. Boom. And then at first you do, but you're a man. You're not perfect. You're not going to be able to, it's hard to, 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 uh, to, to, to deal with all the baggage in your wife's marriage and get rid of that unless you know what you're doing, right? And that's, that's so what happens is, when the pressures of children and being married and uh, pressures of job and you guys not have enough time together and you unknowingly start neglecting her, then guess what? All her baggage from all her previous sexual relationships comes into the marriage. Another thing, too, most women and men are disordered when it comes to sex. Nobody knows what sex is for. Nobody knows why really. They don't really know the simple thing of why we're even having sex. Right. And if they do know why, what is that connection to God? They don't really understand that. And so they have sex with all these de deranged people, four, five, 10, 15, 20. I know guys have sex with hundreds of women. And and they still ain't fulfilled. They still ain't got together. You know, and that's the, most people are disordered when it comes to sex. So if your wife, when you marry her, has had sex with all these different men, she's going to bring all that crap into your bedroom with you. Same with you, except it, affect, it affects you less than it does her. Again, because your wife is emotional. She's a nurturer, and she has to bond with the children. So in the natural law, she is given those kind of um, those special gifts to be able to bond with people better. So guess what? When she has sex with other men, she bonds with them deeper. Then she just bonds with them deeper. And, and, if, and then when they leave her, or they're not together no more, and all this traumatic stuff happens, then guess what? Your wife gets this thing in her head. Well, all men are terrible. All men are assholes. All men going to leave me. All men going to abandon me. All men hate me. This is why you have feminists. 
because men, we, 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 we don't know how to use our power as men and things, it gets bad. And when we don't know our own power, we misuse it unknowingly in a wrong way. And women are damaged from that. They are. But now I will, I'm, I know it's just not our fault. Women have their problems too. All she got to do is keep her legs closed. But women, they're emotional again. And when they start to feel you love them, they love you. They want to give you their gift. That's how it works. That's why men are called to control ourselves. Women ain't control, control themselves. It doesn't matter if a hundred women come up to you as a as a man and throw themselves at you. Your job as a man is to be like Christ and 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 refuse all of that because you are the man. You are called. You are responsible, right? Okay. Next, uh, premature sex with your wife. Number ten, cohabitation increases the chance of divorce at a high rate. Bam! It goes off what I just talked about: sex with multiple partners. Your wife can't take it. Your wife can't take it. She can psychologically, she can't take it. Emotionally, she can't take it. It's too much for her to deal with. God knows that. That's why God says, I would pref- I don't want you having sex with any- anybody else than the person you're married to. Why? Because we all get screwed up. It causes so many problems. Look at all the kids out here that ain't got mamas and daddies around. All the kids in foster care. All the kids in um in the in um what do you call it in the uh, well it used to be called uh, uh you know where they put kids uh adopted adopted kids and stuff dude it, it, God knows what he's doing is all I'm saying and the, the way you as a man solve this is you start to understand your power and what the gifts God has given you and you put that unleash those gifts on your wife and so cohabitation it increases the chance of divorce because basically lust is in your relationship. Lust is a is an offense against chastity. And so chastity is important because it keeps it, it orders us toward right sex. It orders us to understand the body properly. It orders us to understand what God created sex for. It understands all of these things. And so when we have sex before marriage, all we're doing is we're running on lust. And so then in eroticism, and so then we get married and we didn't have sex with our wife a hundred times and we don't really understand what we was doing and understand what we're doing now. Then the lust runs out, don't it? That's why after a year or two, the lust, the sex is people don't have sex no more. They don't have sex right or they don't hardly have sex at all. You got a sexist marriage because the, the eroticism then ran out. The lust has run out in your marriage. And so most people don't include God in their bedroom. And so, especially when you don't include God in your bedroom, then the intimacy ain't there either. And if you don't understand these things, you think, well, it's my wife's the problem or I'm the problem, you know, or we one of us got a problem. No, the problem is you guys don't understand. You don't understand sex. You had sex before marriage and all of that stuff. And then a lot of people don't even know what that means. Then you go, you get married and a lot of people ain't in the Catholic church. So they don't go to confession. They don't even know. They don't, they don't even get the grace from that or the sacraments. And so it's hard to keep a marriage going. And your sex life is a big, big part of that, which, huh, if you don't understand how important sex is now, I have a call to y'all. 
I'm, I'm coming, caller. I'm almost done. If you don't understand how important sex is now, after what I explained this to you, then, man, I don't know what to tell you, man. I really don't. I feel sorry for you. I really do. Okay? So, premarital sex with your wife is bad. The reason why is because you can't get to know each other. You get married, and you don't know each other. And so now... You're not the person she thought you were. She's not the person she thought you were. Because sex does what before marriage? It clouds the mind. Okay? It clouds the situation. It clouds the relationship. So the last one for the day is selfishness. Focusing on self, unwilling to sacrifice your life for your wife. This is why the prime reason that men, we don't have sex outside of marriage and that we are not selfish inside of marriage because when our wife deems we are selfish, when she deems that we don't, we and that comes from her making love to her properly and being intimate, intimate with her properly, she begins to think we are selfish. If our wife does not is not fulfilled in the bedroom, she starts to think we are selfish, and we that's why she won't make love to us. And it's very important that we understand that. Okay. So with that being said. I hope you guys got some out of that today, and I'm going to take a quick call, and I will be right back in a few seconds. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. Well, hopefully my technology works. I'm going to put it in there, and let's go talk. Hello? Hey, Jerry. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. Um, I, I wanted to talk about what you're talking about this morning, just as an example for the guys. Okay. Um, my wife and I practiced celibacy prior to marriage, and she had so much hatred for men because she had three sexual partners that she told me about prior to getting married to me. She made a statement early on in Corden that she said, all men want is sex. And it had such an effect on her. Apathy started setting in for her when she didn't have sex with me. So it set in twice in our marriage. And so I'm going to ask you this. When a woman is that broken to the point where they think men only want sex and every example they have is infidelity by a dad, two brothers, an ex-husband, and a boyfriend of 10 years, um, how do you repair that by constantly praying to God? Because... Um, we're still not divorced because there's a stay on our hearing right now. Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm asking that for a reason because um, my birthday was yesterday. So like you, I turned 57 in the last month. Oh, wow. I turned, oh man, happy birthday, dude. I didn't know you was that Yeah, I remember me, you but... saying that was your birthday. So thank you. Yeah. Um, but I guess my question to you is apathy crept back in our relationship because on five previous occasions to her abandoning me this last time, she left. And I think it's because she's so conditioned to believe you have to have sex prior to marriage. She didn't feel that true biblical attachment to the value of practicing celibacy prior to marriage and how it just catastrophically changed her life for the better. But she thinks it was for the worse. She didn't think I was attracted to her. Okay, so, so that, go ahead. How do you work her past that area there where 
honey, it's only supposed to be for marriage. And we've never had sex before. It's always been making love. Right. So if, if we were to make a second go of this, how do I transition her back and thinking, look, I'm not, I didn't abandon you. You've abandoned me six times. How much more do I have to prove to you? I'm not going to abandon you. Yeah. I need to change some of my habits. Cause like you just said, none of us are perfect, but the problem I'm having is she's got advocates on her side advocating for divorce because her best friend's divorced her Sister-in-law that testified against me is divorced from her first husband who she cheated on with her brother. Her brother's on her side because he's divorced from his first wife. Her friend down in Florida, she's never been married. She doesn't have a clue how marriage works. And then another friend here is divorced as well. So there's just a big hate group going on. And her two daughters, she tells everything to. So how do you combat that other than prayer? Okay, so the thing, here's the thing. So women instinctively believe all men will leave. That's why, that's what, That's the second way that it's ordered. You're saying your wife even said that too? No, okay. Yeah, they believe, they all believe that because every man has. <laughs> okay, except their husband, except you, except me. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Well, if I'm going to leave, I'd like to leave through death. The sooner the better, so right. I don't have to put so up that, with this misery as much. Exactly. That's a husband, though. That's a husband. Hear what I'm saying. Really focus on what I'm saying. Every woman believes by the time she gets married that every man, that every man is uh going to leave her. Because from the time she was, say, 13 years old till let's say 35 when she got married, every man she's had sex with has left her. So when you come along as a man who is completely devoted, you marry her, you don't make love to her, you don't have sex with her at all, you're not intimate with her at all, and you guys get married, then and you start, um, um, and then she already believes even eventually that you're going to leave her. So this is why I have what's called. Let me let me finish, man. Let me finish. This is why I have what's called um, the six phases. Of a, the fifth, uh, the sexual fulfillment of a wife, her fulfillment as a woman, because and the first one is prayer, the second one is um, the best friend concept, the third one is intimacy outside the bedroom, and then we move into intimacy inside the bedroom, her initial rise and things like that, foreplay and things like that. The reason is you've got to understand women for them intimacy is complicated. It's not like men. It's not like men. Men, in five, two minutes of 30 seconds, we're done if we really want to. Women, it's not like that. When you hear me talk about prepare your love, women, you must prepare them for your love. And one of the reasons that women think that we're going to leave them is because, first of all, everybody has left them. And when we get they get married, this is why we have to show our wife that we complete, first of all, praying for them, that your wife doesn't really know about that part. Only thing the Holy Spirit knows about that part. So your prayers give you grace, gives your marriage grace, right? To keep your wife uh, happy and fulfilled too. But then the other five things of it, of, the, of, the, of the of the other five phases, what they do is they like the one intimacy outside the bedroom. You've got to show your wife, and she has to start to believe that you really love her and care for her, that you have her best interest at heart. 
and then the, the being her best friend and all these things start to build up to intimacy with you, God, and your wife. And then that's how you cure that. But see, it's it's a certain way you got to do it, which I, of course, don't have time to go into that. But Scott, you know what I'm saying. You went through the whole thing. You just forgot. And you, oh, if no, you I, I think the biggest challenge I had is the intimacy outside of the bedroom. I have communication intimacy towards. She doesn't like it because it's the truth, but I don't have all that nurturing intimacy where right, right. I show her the love and affection from the time I get up until the time that we might make love. That's one of the, and I think a lot of that happened because she has so much hatred in her. I look at her and I see her as a beautiful woman, but I've even told her, I said, Misty. When you walk by me, I see you're a beautiful woman. I'm just not attracted to you sexually because you have so much hatred coming out of you. She just wreaks hatred towards men in general. And because I'm married, I said, you hate me now because I'm your husband and I'm the specific guy you get to hate now. But this is our feminism. This is what happens to feminists. Like women who cut off their hair and taper it like a man. They're damaged. They hate men. They don't like, for the most of I'm not saying every one woman like that, but that is a clue that this woman is, she, she hates men, okay? Feminists hate men. They, if you ask them, do you hate men? They're not going to say that, but their actions tell you that they do. So what that means is, when you, if you're going to marry a feminist or a divorced woman or somebody like that, you got to know what you're getting. You're getting a woman who's disordered with sex because she's been hurt. She's been hurt deeply, and women, all women have been hurt by a man unless they're a virgin, and they married that man without having intimacy or sex with any other man but that man. Then this is why virgins are a prime. It's not because of their body, just their body. It's because of their psychological and emotional state that you're getting. If you marry a divorced woman, she is going to take you through hell. Not because she wants to, because she's damaged. She's psychologically, emotionally damaged. She's turned on. A man has hurt her. She has a failed marriage, which is devastating to a woman. And, and this is yeah. the things that guys got to understand. Go ahead. I, um, and I've told her this in the past. Since you live in Indianapolis, you're familiar with Kroger. Okay? Mm-hmm. So imagine going to Kroger. To me, marrying a divorced woman is like being in the Kroger meat aisle and... The prime rib is what you get with the, the woman with your first marriage. The second marriage, it's like, what's that prime rib? It's past due. That's cut off the green tip ends, repackage it as cube steak, and what to call it your second marriage. They're so damaged, so I just look at it as <laughs> every woman I tell that to, they get mad, but they laugh. And they said, well, yeah. you're right. And so We're damaged good. And, and, but you know what? As a, this is why you may say only a husband can get rid of that. But as a man, when you get when you marry a divorced woman or you marry a woman that has other sexual partners besides yourself, you have to know what you're getting into and how to solve that. Like and one of the things, intimacy outside the bedroom, man, that comes down to we can't we have to learn how to talk to our wife. We can't raise our voice. We can't we can't um, be very uh, aggressive when we talk to them. We we just can't we can't we can't criticize them or blame them or or argue or fight with them. Or when we, if we do want to talk to them, it's a certain way you got to sit them down and talk to them a certain way, so they believe that you that you are really that you love them and that you're really, um, and that you're really under and that, uh, so that you really have her best interest at heart. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, and I think what it comes down to is I haven't had with at least uh, my wife. I haven't had the ability to just say, let's go sit at the kitchen table and let's start negotiating what you're really wanting from a marriage. 
I've never done that. And that's my failure of not paying attention to her um, emotional needs because I'm constantly bombarded with all this hatred. I think she has a huge heart and I think she has the right desire, but because she has so much baggage, it's, it's when the truth bombs come out and they're normally during the holidays, I'm just like, what truth bomb are you going to drop on me this year? And that's when I found out her dad was a convicted felon farm robbery. And I'm thinking that's just a lot of stuff to put on a guy to unload, but I guess that's what God wants me to go through because I'm the stupid guy that married her. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for calling. <laughs> that was pretty good. All right, bye. All right, bye. <laughs> um, so, drop. so I have uh, Mary T who says divorce people heal. If you get into a relationship with anyone, there is, and then I guess it kind of cut off. Uh, but you're right, sweetheart. You're right. Divorce people do heal, and and that's what I'm saying. What I, what I'm saying, they heal, but they still have baggage, man. They still, women still have trauma. That trauma of a divorce, of a of a failed marriage, of sexual partners, and you can't you can't heal women. You cannot heal from having sexual partners more than one more than your husband. You can't heal from that. You can't. Why? Because it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And people don't understand that. They think psychiatrists and science can heal everything, and they can't. Stop thinking psychiatrists can heal everything because they can't. They can't. If they could, everybody would be walking around here great. We wouldn't need uh, 10 different medications. And I'm not saying psychiatrists don't know anything. What I'm saying is they have their place. And so you have to understand science is not the know-all, be-all, man. We, it's, it's not. And you have to understand, man, that God, through, through his sacraments of the church, helps you heal through prayer, suffering, and sacrifice for your wife as a man. If you are not praying for your wife as a man, if you are not suffering for her, sacrificing for her, offering masses up for her, praying rosaries for her, uh, fasting for her. You are leaving your wife out there to the wolves. You are. And what I'm telling you, if you are a married woman, if you are a divorced woman, and, I mean, you're a man and you marry a divorced woman, I'm just saying you got to know what you're getting into. If you marry a woman that has more than one sexual partner other than you, you got to know what you're getting into. She's going to be disordered. She's going to have pain, deep pain, deep trauma. And you don't heal from that, uh, Mary T. I'm sorry, you really don't. It takes a certain amount of suffering and sacrifice by your husband, for one thing. And it takes a certain amount of her understanding that and getting to God to help her heal that too. And so, but you got to hear me say, most people in the world do not know what I just said. And if if they do understand, when I do start talking about it, they reject what I'm saying. Because it's the truth and people reject the truth these days. They don't want to hear because it it's painful, right? You know. So what is she? Oh, me and Mary have a nice little conversation. Keep going, Mary. I'm I'm loving you, girl. All people heal. We all have baggage. Some have PTSD. Oh, here we go. By the power of the precious blood of Jesus, all damage can be healed. Great. I said that, didn't I, Mary T? I said that. I you heard me say that. I said that about you know through the. Through the, but it's more powerful when it comes from your husband, Mary T. 
is more powerful when it comes from your husband. Your husband has the power to to his powers of protection and defense from you helps you get through that 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 those problems. Okay, that that damage that problem. You know, and if you as a woman don't understand that, you start to blame your husband for a lot of things that is not his fault. A lot of men don't even realize that they have that power given by God to run their home in the fashion of they have protection and defense, which means when I pray for my wife, when I pray for my children, that is a lot more effective and more I get we get more the home gets more grace than if my children pray or my wife prays. Why? Because my wife has her her special gifts are nurturing, being the heart of the home, bonding with the kids, nurturing us. Our special gifts as men is the power of defense, of protection, defending against against Satan, keeping demons out of our home. This is and and I know Mary T, you're you know you you listen to a lot of people and you're talking this you're talking the same narrative that most people and even Catholics in the world talk because they it's not that they want to be they just don't know they just don't know and it's not a and I and so my job is as a coach is I want you to know all the angles to understand everything that's going on. And I promise you, yes, divorced people can be healed, but it's not what you think. It's not a healing of what you think. You know, you you need to be clean. You need to be made love to and know for 100,000% that your husband loves you more than anything on the world in the world. That is the beginning. And it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. And then it starts, then it begins with intimacy. Through intimacy, your husband can show you as that he is the only man for you. He is the man that loves you without a doubt more than anything in the world that he has bought all into you and only you as his wife. He loves you so hard that you would never, ever think about leaving him or going anywhere else because that's my man. And my man loves me. And I don't care what you say, divorced woman that's trying to talk me to leaving my husband. I don't care what you say, single woman that's trying to talk me to leaving my husband and my family. My, my man loves me and he ain't going nowhere and I love him. Boom. That's it, Mary T. That's what you should be. That's what, as a wife, that's what you're trying to do. Get your husband and, and, and guide your husband into learning how to love you so that you, you know, you don't ever think about him not being the proper man for you. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. 
Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right. All right. We are back for our conclusion. And thank you guys so much for calling. Thank you, uh, Miss Mary T, for commenting. That was a great discussion you and I had. And I'm really don't think I'm sweetheart. Don't think I'm getting on you. I'm really not. I, and, I, and I know you're not getting on me, but we're adults. We can we can disagree on some things. We but we as you saw, we agree on a lot of things. Um, but the main thing is we can have discussions these days and we can talk to each other and not get upset and get mad. Just know that even though you hear me say maybe was seen as derogatory things against women, it's because I have women's best interest at heart. And the men that work with me know that. They know that. And a lot of times people hear me saying derogatory things about about men. But the men, which can, which can be seen as derogatory, but men know that work with me know that I have their best interest at heart. And I do. But you can't you can't proclaim you love somebody if you if you if you don't give them the truth of God and 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 and, and try to help them so that they can under so that they know that you have their best interest at heart. You know, um, and that's where we're going. And I hate it. I don't like it when people miss, uh, like I get misquoted on things all the time. So does Father Ripperger. Anybody that talks about anything like, listen, saving a marriage, uh, talking against abortion, talking against homosexuality, talking against um, um, pornography, all of these things are the underbelly of the society, right? They are. Because they go against people don't want to talk about this stuff because it's painful. That's why you see people, they watch the cat videos all the time. They talk about politics and all that kind of stuff. Because that stuff, it doesn't, it's 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 fun. It's it's exciting. But when you start talking about, you know, transgenderism and homosexuality and um and um abortion. And you start talking about, you know, married, the married, uh, divorced and remarried. You start talking about pornography and masturbation. All these things that people don't, they, that's, no, that's a no-no. We can't, but you know what? The people that, uh, that I, in my, in my circle that I talk to about these things, um, the, the people I, uh, you know, that I collaborate with in this, in this field, we don't care. We don't care what people think. We don't. Because we know God, we know this needs to be out there because people need to know where can I go to get the help that I need to save my marriage, to be a better man, to be a better man for God, to be a better man for my wife, to be a better man for my children. Where do I go to get that help? And I'm telling y'all what you know if you listen to me, not what I'm saying, but you li- you found me. Because you 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 start to realize there's really no there's no really no help no proper help out there, right? Okay. So with that being said, we as we end today, um, um, 
uh, as we uh, end today, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI. Man, y'all got my ass going all over the place today. Comments and calls and <laughs> and I've got, you know, thank God, oh, that my internet's going down a little bit and we just, boy, I got a lot of action going on, boy. <laughs> but that's great. That's great. So as we always do, we conclude with a quote from our beloved Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.